0: again. It's good to be back presenting to you my weekly homilies and reflections on the Sunday readings. I hope that while I have been absent off the air on my annual leave, that God has looked after you and continued to bless you in many ways. As we begin again together, we find ourselves in the midst of reading from the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel which is often called the bread of life discourse. At the very heart of our Catholic faith is our belief in the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. That terminology, real presence of Christ, may make you or others think, does this mean that there are some presences of Christ that are not real? Well, no, that's not what we mean when we use the term, the real presence of Christ. Christ is God, and when he is present, it is by his divine power that he is so. So, for example, Christ is in me, Christ is in you, because of our holy baptism. But I am not Christ, and you are not Christ the real presence of Christ. The presence of Christ in us is real, but the presence is not complete and full. The doctrine of the real presence is the doctrine of the complete and total presence of Christ. And where is the complete presence of Christ? In the Eucharist. In the Blessed Sacrament, in the Tabernacle. But this is not a teaching invented by the Church. It is Christ's own teaching. What do we hear him say in the Gospel? I am the bread of life. Note he does not say, Here is the bread of life, indicating something else, but he says, I am and the bread of life. In the Gospel reading today, we hear how the crowds were hungering after Jesus, but they weren't totally aware of, or were misdirected, if you like, in what they were hungering for. They had followed him to the other shore of the Sea of Galilee. They had witnessed the miracle of the bread, which fed 5,000 people. They were seeking food for their bodies rather than food for their souls. So Jesus leads them to greater understanding. He had already satisfied their bodies with the miraculous distribution of food, and now he fills their soul with his word. Christ encourages them to work for the food which endures to eternal life. They understand the notion of working for one's food and so they ask, what does it mean to work for God? The answer is to believe in the one that God has sent, namely Jesus. And then the people want convincing. And so they ask for a sign. Their ancestors had manna in the desert. What are they going to get? Christ says that the true bread that comes down from heaven, from God, is what they hunger for. The manna in the desert was food that perished. It melted every morning and turned foul if it was stored overnight. The true bread from heaven is imperishable and it brings not earthly life, but heavenly life. And then he tells them plainly, He is that bread. Let us remember that we believe in God who can perform miracles. He parted the Red Sea for the Israelites he was able to make food appear out of the night air of the desert. The manna in the desert was not imaginary bread. It had its part to play in the plan of salvation. Its miraculous appearing from heaven overnight sustained the life of the Jewish people on their journey to the Promised Land. It was real bread, as well as being the sign pointing towards the imperishable Eucharistic food that is Christ himself. Can God make ordinary bread contain his very self? Well, if he can part the sea and make bread appear out of the air, of course he can. But he doesn't do it just to show his awesome power. He does it for our benefit. He wants to give us the only food that nourishes our soul for eternal life, nourishes our soul for heaven. What implications arise from the real, that is the complete presence of Christ in the Eucharist? Well, our our churches, even when they are empty, have a person present. The Church is truly the house of God on earth. And so the tabernacle should be the focus of our reverence and honour above everything else in the Church. We show this by genuflection. We bend the knee before the personal presence of Christ. Every time we do this, our love for Christ grows. Secondly, the clothes we wear and our demeanour in the Church should show that we are in the presence of our King and our God. We offer Christ the best of our appearance and the best of our behaviour. And then we should only receive Holy Communion when worthily prepared. We must be in the state of grace. We should spend time before Mass in prayer, Preparing ourselves not only to enter into the sacred mysteries, but to receive the Lord in Holy Communion. And after Holy Communion, let us make a sincere act of thanksgiving and silent adoration of Christ who is within us, fully and really. Then, after Mass, we can rightly socialize with those who are our brothers and sisters, to whom we are united because we have received Christ and the divine grace he brings. One of my favourite saints is Blessed Pietro Giorgio Frasati. He died at the young age of 24. He had a most ardent devotion to the real presence of Christ. He was an energetic and popular young man, good at sports and outdoor activities, Among many social activities, he would play billiards with his friends. And the bet between them was that, if Pier Giorgio won, they would have to come along with him to Eucharistic adoration. And he did win, more often than not, and so off they would go with him to the church to spend at least an hour in silent adoration of Christ, present in the Blessed Sacrament. They usually fell asleep but Piero Giorgio stayed awake, lost in prayer. Once he was so close to the candles that wax dripped onto his hands, but he did not notice. So lost in ecstasy and prayer was he. He also encouraged others directly by words as well as by the good-natured bets between his friends. At the age of 21, in 1922, He said these words to the young people assembled in Polone, where his parents had their family summer home in the mountains outside Turin. He said, and I quote, I urge you with all the strength of my soul to approach the Eucharistic table as often as possible. Feed on this bread of angels from which you will draw strength to fight inner struggles. End of quote. How right he is! This bread from heaven, this bread of angels, is the most powerful food there is. It is not the wonder food of the latest food fad. Those foods might be good for our bodies, but this food nourishes us for eternal life. There will come a time when this body dies and food is needed no more. For that moment of death, and that entry into eternity, this real and complete bread of heaven nourishes us.